Hello and welcome to the Advanced Age Roleplay Gamers podcast. My name is Nathan and I'm your host for tonight and I am flying solo. It is weird and scary and, and I am not sure if I'd like it. Um, but uh, but I have a new friend here uh, with me, uh, Brian Pollen. Uh, say hi, Brian. Hello, everyone. Brian has this product called Vast Grim, which is uh, using the uh, the Mork Borg uh, IP, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, and maybe we'll, we'll talk about some licensing stuff later. It might have been in the news. I don't know. Yeah, you know. I don't know. Some Somebody's been talking about something Somebody, about that. I heard something. I don't know. But uh, um, so, Brian, uh, why don't you uh, start us off with uh, telling us a, a little bit about uh, about yourself and uh, how you got here, your your history with gaming. Uh, just kind of just give us the the, the fifty thousand foot view. Wow. Okay. Yes. Sure. <laughs> and feel free to jump in at any point because sure. sometimes you know I'll go on some strange tangent. But my name is Brian Bullen. I am the VP of RPG development at Infinite Black, um, that who publishes Fast Grim. Uh, I got my start in gaming a long time ago in fourth grade. I was sometime in the early 80s because uh, my friends and I were lighting things on fire and their older sister came outside, saw us doing that, got really upset with us and took away the matches and gave us the red box of D&D. And uh, mm-hmm. so long jump way into the future, played a lot of games all growing up from D&D to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to Rifts to uh, a bunch of Palladium games and uh, eventually landed with Fate for a long time and really enjoyed that. Um, but then somewhere around 2016. Ooh, yes, yes. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, I just held up a Palladium Fantasy uh, black cover beat up what I got in high school back in the 80s. So. Well, very well worn and well, well used, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I started uh, doing conventions locally to I'm down in Georgia now, um, mm-hmm. uh, like doing Dragon Con and some other shows. And I was doing weird, uh, some strange, weird, like fantasy sculpture stuff, uh, making weird life size monster taxidermy. And then in 2016, I got into the Gen Con art show. And then all of a sudden things started to fall into place in my brain, like the idea of taking my weird art that was already I was already using some of that in my RPG games that I was running and being like, well, I could build out a world around my things because I'm already writing lore and stuff about them and starting to move fur- further and further into the RPG space by starting to make my own content around the things I was already making art for. Um, and then jump ahead to uh, like, what was that? November of 2020 i think mm-hmm. uh my friend ross the co-creator of vascrim ran a mork board game for me and my atlanta friends and i think 2020 maybe yeah that sounds about right um and we played that and all my sculptures at that point had all been weird like fantasy monsters and lots of bright colors and a little more whimsical and i sculpted this big thing called a warhound and it was just black and white grays and with a little bit of blues to it and lots of big fangs and nastiness and i was like after i did it i was like okay this is going to be for something like Morkborg, but i want to do something sci-fi because i'm tired of playing fantasy stuff <laughs> so i uh, i called up my friend ross around the game i'm like hey i'm gonna make a game do you want to join me and, and be a part of this and he was like sure and we're both 
graphic designers by trade. Like he still does graphic design full time. And I've been doing graphic design since like 97 when I got out of art, the two year art school that I went to. And then, uh, so, so I've been doing that professionally anyway. So the two of us together started writing it. And then, uh, in January, I got hired on by Infinite Black because I'd been friends with David, the owner, after we met at that same Gen Con that I talked about a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we were both in the artist area, and he had launched a Kickstarter shortly after that for the first Elder Dice campaign, which are like Lovecraftian-themed dice. Oh, okay. And that just kept growing and growing. And I'd been doing some graphic design work for David on the side as he had overflow work, and we had been friends, and we had gone to different art shows and stuff like that together. And he was like, well, it was time that he needed to expand and bring me into the company. And I had been self-employed for almost a decade at that point anyway. And I was slowly easing out of doing graphic design for like senior living facilities and restaurants. And I was trying to do (laughs) more and more gaming stuff as I was growing my own gaming company, uh, Creature Curation, where I make plushies and squeezes and all sorts of RPG stuff. So I was trying to get out of doing regular graphic design anyway. And when he brought me in, I was like, hey, uh, we're working on this sci-fi horror game. And it seems like it would fit with the Infinite Black fans. Do you want to publish this? And so sure enough, uh, after I ran a Morkboard game for him and the other folks there, he was sold on it. And then instead of something that could have taken two years for me to make, it fast-tracked the whole process because then along with doing normal work stuff on the clock, I was also building out fast rim at a much faster pace. Yeah, that's really cool. So, uh, and, I'll, and I'll drop uh, links for, is it Creature Creation? Creature, yeah. yeah. Uh, creature Creation is a weird word that I made up. <laughs> yeah. So it has your, your Warhound and, and uh, I really like the Astro Zombies. So some pretty cool stuff and, and maybe I'll drop some Thank pictures in the, in the video. But yeah, I, I like the whole uh, aesthetic. And uh, when I f- first saw you know, Mork Borg. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really the design that, that said, okay, you know, at, at that point, I was like, I, I didn't really care what the rules were. I, right. I, I saw it. I, I, I want to play this game. And uh, I've seen that that follows with some of the other products that they've come out with, uh, like Death in Space, also, mm-hmm. you know, different design aesthetic, right. uh, but still uh, like very, very compelling. Cyborg. Uh, yep. is, is pure Johan. <laughs> and, and uh, I, you know, saw yours and yours is, you know, still different aesthetic, but you can see the kind of the, the, the common thread where, where the design, uh, the visual design of the game is really compelling and it tells, uh, it, it really gets, gets you halfway there to telling, telling the story. So I think that's, uh, I think it's pretty, interesting to see all these kind of graphic designers like yourself really evolving from the visual side into telling your stories in a more literal way. Uh, so I, I think that's, that's pretty cool. So let's talk about uh, what Vascrim is as far as the, the, the universe, the world, the, the, the people that, that are in it, what kind of, uh, what kind of games uh, and ventures heroic or not are, are people going to have with this <laughs> sure absolutely and if if you're familiar with Morkborg, it has a very similar feel and tone to it um because like when creating it um we were very we wanted to 
have it capture that that essence, but have it be more in a dying universe versus a dying world. Um, the overall concept is that like 663 years ago, um, there were the six. They were these religious zealots that all had a magical tribute. And when they went to this ancient mausoleum, the mausoleum of they, they combined this magic together and the doors opened. And when the doors opened, these this gust of wind came out and each one of them became infected with a parasite. They didn't realize it at the time, but then as they traveled around the universe, that parasite grew inside of them. Each of them, the parasite was different and it became evolved into what is now known as the worms. There's six different worms in the book and those worms then infect other people. And over this 663 years, now there's very little left of humanity because either the worms grow and take over the body and turn people into what's known as the grim, where their eyes turn into a bright bioluminescent blue with like rays of pink crackling out their face and their skin um, with a kind of like hive mind type mentality. And they're trying, they want to consume the universe Um, or the, the worms just, they're done with that husk of a body and they just, grow and get bigger bursting out of it and keep consuming and get as big as like planet eating worms flying around in in space so it's it's a little more science fantasy than it is science fiction um and i i when i run games i tend to lean more into like the the weird goofier like slither type uh, sci-fi movie versus like hard science or hard horror for me um, a body horror and you know right really gross and kind of for me it's a little a little more playful and goofy but you know you can run it however you want to yeah. but so people are playing folks that are at the end of the, this universe is dying there's prophecies that are in the book much like Morkborg, where at the beginning of each day you roll to see if one comes true and if seven occur then the universe has been consumed by the grim and by they and um, everything's come to an end there's no humanity's over Um, so, you know, people are banding together to try and survive, maybe try and fight back. And then there's also, uh, these fabled, uh, there's rumors that these engineers are building a gate of infinite stars, which is a way to get out of this universe and to somewhere else. So some adventures may be centered around that, trying to get the pieces to try and guarantee yourself aboard uh, a ship that travels through this to go and escape the demise of this universe. So that's actually, I would say that's a something different than some of the other mm-hmm. Morkborg compatible because there's really there isn't really hope in, in Morkborg right. or Cyborg. There's there's really no chance. It's it's going to end. That's it, and you're done. But but having like a a sliver of hope, some people uh, might like that and right. and latch on to that and 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 build a, a whole entire story. And uh, oh, if I could uh, think of it right now, but there's a quote about about hope being like a, a bad thing. <laughs> I can't, it's, it's an author who, oh, uh, anyway, it'll come to me later. But um, so yeah, uh, you know, hope can be hope can be dangerous. Um, yes, hope can make you take more uh, different types of risks. If you if you don't have hope, then yeah, I guess it affects different people in different ways, but you can be less cautious and make you be more cautious. Um, so far, I've found most people aren't cautious at all when they play, especially when <laughs> using like our online character generator and mm. seeing the type of like just everybody has horrible quirks and are just 
weird, strange, terrible people in some form or fashion. So everybody so far that I've played with, usually, except for their religion or their group of people that they're with, they just don't care. And they're just like trying to survive and do whatever it takes. And it doesn't matter who else goes down in the process. Yeah, so you're that's great they have a uh, an online character generator. So is it completely random or do you, do they pick certain archetypes or it's completely random. Okay. It's a it's a very similar to the scum birther, um, yep. where it's just click and obliterate, click, obliterate, and a new one pops <laughs> right. up. The uh, online character generator is a great idea. Uh, I think uh for folks that just want to get started and get playing and and just figure out the game, I think that kind of thing uh, enables just uh, gets you right in and started. You know, what, what if you just get together on a whim on a Friday night and say, Hey, you know what, why we just like do this random game and that helps that those kinds of tools I think are, are pretty, pretty valuable. Do, do you have any other kind of online tools or are you looking at any uh, other yeah. online tools? Um, we have some that are, stretch goals in the upcoming Kickstarter to kind of coincide with the, with the, the books that are coming out. Um, Cause one of the books is a, a starships uh, starship creation, combat rules, that sort of thing. So I have a starship generator. That's going to be one of the stretch goals. It'll work the same way. Click a button. And one, yeah. I mean, it'll be extremely helpful for GMs that like you come across this derelict spaceship and boom, here it is. And here's all the information about what, what's on it. That's beautiful. Yeah. I've used a lot of like, random dungeon generators and stuff like yep. that in the past. And, mm-hmm. and it's also a good uh, starting off point. Um, maybe you just, you just need some inspiration. So you, you start with the random randomly generated item. Then, then you build off of that and you could, you know, you know, a random derelict, you could build a whole, you know, storyline around, around that. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. And that's, um, you know, that's how I like running games. I love random tables for yeah. inspiration for story adventure ideas and just seeing where the players take things. So, yeah, that's a big part of the, the whole Morkborg and, and that, that whole side of the world. What I've noticed uh, from that whole community, it seems it's really grown, grown up and a lot of people are creating content and they're, and they're basically just creating content a lot of times it's just for each other, which is, which is awesome. It's right. really, it's, it's, uh, uh, how have you found working with the, with the community? So uh, I think the community is amazing. Yeah. I am terribly about being a part of the community. Like <laughs> I, I'm old. I've got two kids. I like cram so much like time creating and I'm not good at being on the Morkboard discord. I'm not good at actually I'm bad. I'm terrible at interacting with people like online and actually feel like there's natural conversation. I love video and actually getting to see people. But when I sit down to start typing to somebody on the internet, I'm just bad at it. So I'm not good. I see it and the community's awesome and they really support each other. Like I, I put together a panel at Gen Con last year for uh, third party uh, creating third-party content for Mork Bork. And all the people that came and sat on the panel and they were a part of the panel were amazing. And we had great insight to share with the crowd and everybody. That For me, that's like, I love that sort of interaction. Uh, I'm bad about it, community on the internet. It's just, I'm not good. Like The only Discord I'm really ever in is the Infinite Black one because I'm there, it's work. I get to, I'm checking on things during work time. But yeah, like... Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm not good at doing it otherwise. Uh, just 
but the community is amazing and they support each other like wholeheartedly. Yeah, I, I understand that. It's it's not everybody's thing, especially you know. Uh, I'm on on Twitter a lot, and I, and I kind of dabbled in some of the other things, and and they each have their own kind of pitfalls and and things you kind of have to uh, you have to understand, uh, and and, the, and their own clicks and, and things like that, which can be kind of pretty daunting. So I, I totally get you know being kind of a little you know cut off from that part of it. It's, it's definitely a lot easier to. to to talk face to face. So this panel at Gen Con, uh, when you're talking with these other third party creators, do you have any tips that you can, that you've gleaned from that, that you could share with people that, that are watching this, that, that might be, you know, looking at other licenses now? <laughs> sure. Well, I'm, so I guess it really depends on the license you're looking for and, and what you want to create. Um, like if you're inspired by a game and there is an open license with it, completely be a part of it and, and, and get involved with that community because like, like, like the people that were there were willing to answer any questions for anybody in the audience, give advice, talk through even just as from basic things to layout, to dealing with manufacturers, to deal with dealing with finding people to help distribute things to using itch versus drive through RPG or using both. And Mm -hmm. all the, all the different parts that are part of running a, business the business side that aren't necessarily the part of hey i want to make a cool adventure right that a lot of people that's how they start out they want to just create something that's fun that they want other people to play and there's a lot more to it and people that have gone through those steps already are are if they're part of the community are usually very willing to help out um and then things like bog folk emerge which is like a co-op of people that were a lot of the people that were on that panel are now uh, started that and they have a Kickstarter now for uh, Lichoma, Lichoma, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, it's the first thing that they've started. So like, okay, the community comes together and they, they, they're working to help each other out. Um, but as far as advice for people on licenses and things like that, definitely find one that, that, that you are passionate about and find the one that, that fits what, what you want to do and try and find one that, uh, that isn't going to swallow your soul. <laughs> so, so, I mean, we, we're here, we're talking, we, we might as well touch on this, this whole uh, OGL debacle. Uh, do, do you have a, a, a spicy take on, on this uh, or, or not so spicy? Do you have a you know, mild, you know, just so, flavor? I mean, I grew up playing D&D. Yeah. I love D&D as a, uh, as, as a whole, as a concept. I don't enjoy playing it now or running it because mm-hmm. I like things that I have to think about less. So that's like, that's why Vascrim is not anything like that. I want to be able to do the rules and, and things like that. But as far as like in the OGL thing, I think it's a terrible move on Wizards' part to even not respond at this point. I think yeah, it's the, been a while. The, the, cl- the little bit in there about uh, being able to uh, reproduce or use the content that's been created, uh, basically uh, royalty-free, like say I make a whole setting and all that, and they can take that and use it however they want. I think that's the the part that bothers me the most. Like mm-hmm. if it's a company and you're using their, e- even if they're going back and changing what they said 20 years ago, but you're using their basic core stuff to make money off of and they want to cut, they're a giant corporation. Of course they want to cut. Yeah. But yeah. taking your unique individual, uh, IP or whatever that you create from that, I don't think that should be allowed at all. 
I think that's I think that's the 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 most egregious thing to me. And there's plenty of other things, other systems out there that you can work with if you want to. Yeah, I think it's the the hard part for a lot of people too is 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 uh, they've really put sometimes years of blood, sweat, and tears into uh, into D and D and. and you know, this feeling of just them coming in and, and possibly that, you know, they they haven't really released anything official yet, right. possibly maybe pulling the whole rug out from under them. So they're basically, they're kind of, uh, you know, they're sitting there in stasis uh, right now, like kind of wondering, you know, all, all this stuff, you know, maybe they're not making a ton of money on it or maybe, you know, they're paying some of their bills or it's just funding their, their passion. Uh, but that's all still valid. Um, yeah. And you know, I'm like you. I I, I started playing in the in the 80s um, in D and I I have a still have a lot of D and D books, and I like playing D and D with my friends. If I was going to go out, and, you know, I do have a a, a, a smaller group. Um, I call them friends friends now too, but they're people like 20 years younger than I am, <laughs> uh, and we play all kinds of different things and that's, that's the group I really get to try some, get out of my comfort zone and try some different things. And, and that's like, uh, to me, one of the, the best things about this hobby is, is trying different things. So, so I, I could see people who are really interested in, in this continuing uh, to make their livelihood or, or, or at least, uh, or, or have the dream of making their livelihood out of D&D, I can see how they're upset, but I always, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching a bit right now, but uh, anytime uh, someone in the, the tabletop community does something awful, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I do this, this, this sub tweet where I, it's this, uh, I post this um, Sonic Youth song uh, called kill your heroes you know, maybe it's kind of a shitty take on my part, but that's kind of how it feels. Like if you just, if you always put all your energy into like one, you know, these, these, these big, these big groups, these, this big personalities, these big companies, I mean, you're, you're going to get disappointed uh, at some point. You're just, it's going to happen. You know, maybe I'm a nihilist, <laughs> but, but uh, well, you, you can't control things that aren't you. Yeah. yeah right. And yeah. aren't things that you, things that you don't have ownership of. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's sad. Um, and, and I hope this, I hope they, they walk it back and, and, uh, I hope people can continue to do what they love, but, but I hope this really does make some people look around because I've got, you know, you know, four bookshelves of games over there that, that aren't D and D and I, I wish I had the time to get them to the table and especially if you're, you know, a lot younger than me, like most of the people that we, <laughs> we talk to are, right. uh, you've got all the time in the world to, to try some other, other games, try like 20 games, try 30 games, try right. independent games, try stuff from free league, you know, uh, or, or Cobalt press. There's, there's so much good stuff out there. And, mm-hmm. and, and you can, then you can take that, what you learn and take that back to your, your comfort zone, your, your D and D or, or whatever. And, and, uh, and be a better, uh, a more well-rounded gamer. So, yeah, absolutely. I think one of the big things with this though, 
the at play I don't think players as a whole are going to be shaken by this at all no. because it's not going to affect them in any way. Um, and I think as a company, Hasbro is not going to lose their base. You yeah. know, they're still there. So I, I don't think it's going to affect them. So I think the decisions that, that creators and publishers make, it's all going to just have to be there. Like what, what is comfortable for them, you know, yeah. and everybody's yeah. take is going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. We, we live in the interesting times. So yep. <laughs> luckily the Morkboard license doesn't have any of that stuff. It's just yeah. like, you know, don't write anything hateful or harmful and don't be, don't be a jerk to anybody. And you're pretty much set. I, I think that's, you know, that, that last part's pretty, pretty hard sometimes not, not being a jerk, but um, the rest of that's pretty easy to do. I think is, you know, don't, right. don't be hateful. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and that's, uh, I always bring that when, when I, I talked to Johan a couple of times and, and the, the guys from uh, Christian and the guys from death, death in space. And, mm-hmm. um, and we talk about that, and it's just great. And it's it's given folks like you. And um, uh, I bought a product from from Astrolich, uh, nice, yeah. a bunch more is that a bunch more that that uh, they're they're able to kind of show what they can do and be creative and, and not have to worry about that side of things. So that's that's pretty awesome what they're what they're doing, and and uh, they deserve all the notoriety and success that that, that they get from this. So. Absolutely. And they're, they're all super nice guys. Like, uh, cause, uh, you know, a a handful of them made it out to Gen Con and they were, they they were very, very, uh, uh, gracious and and awesome folks to be around. Yeah. I, I, I hope I get a chance to, to, to see them at some point. I, I definitely owe them a, a beer or two. Um, so you went to Gen Con, you also went to the PAX Unplugged. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it this year. How was PAX Unplugged for you? Pax Unplugged was great. I was all the way back in like the farthest corner of the convention. I was next to the Philly Flyers, but everything like <laughs> the people that were there were amazing. It was the very first show that we had that I had Vascrim product at. Like mm-hmm. we had it at Gen Con, but it was only like display copies and taking pre-orders. This was one like I was actually selling stuff. So it was it was awesome. Um, and getting I had I had done I'd been at Pax Unplugged years and years back uh, when I was helping out at a friend's booth, but I hadn't actually had a booth that won until this year. And it was great. It was, it was a really good show. Uh, I hope I get to do it again in 2024. Uh, the, everybody was, was just really awesome. And I've made a lot of good connections there, which is always great, you know, just getting to chat with people. And while being that close to uh, like so many dim sum restaurants afterwards was, uh, was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that little that that um, kind of uh, food court type building next to the convention center is oh, yeah. it's got some amazing food in it. Um, mm-hmm. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to your Kickstarter, are there any other conventions you're you're getting to uh, in Let's the new see. year? Let's see, twenty twenty four. I've got uh, the first one that I'll be doing is Gamma. Uh, are you familiar with that? Mm-hmm. It's not a yeah. it's not a consumer facing trade uh, convention it's more oh, of a trade show i think so I've, it's where i, I think like, i've heard of it yeah yeah stores and uh distributors and stuff like that go and uh so it's it's learning for for store owners and so it's more to try and try and get our, our books into more like more stores as opposed to just direct sales um so there there's that uh i have origins that i'm going to be doing i'm hoping to do game hole con Gen Con and then PAX Unplugged again. I think that will be my my circuit for the for 2024. 
that's a pretty that's a pretty full year uh conventions can take a lot out of you (laughs) yes they can exciting so i so i heard you're doing another kickstarter yes let's let's talk about that what what's going to be so you've got Actually, let me roll that back a second. So you've got the right now. You have, as far as what you've published, you've got a, a core rule book. You've got a, a, a GM screen. Uh, mm-hmm. What else do you have? We also have the first issue of Volatile Verse, which is an anthology uh, zine that has mm-hmm. uh, uh, thirty-two pages, thirty-two pages uh, of adventures with guest art, guest authors, um, okay. and all those were uh, adventures that were part of the first crowdfunding campaign. They were stretch goals as PDFs, and then we printed that. Um, so we are, we do have number two is ready to go to print, and number three, uh, Astro Lich, you mentioned, uh, yep. his is the last, the last adventure that I need to lay out for issue number three. So those, okay. those will be coming uh, this year as well. That's awesome. Um, uh, yeah. Any any timelines on on that kind of thing? Yes. Um, off the top of my head. I want to say it's going to be every other month, I think, starting in May. We have another, like, secret project that's going to be a really small run that'll be every other month that'll come out. So it's just going to be a small product that's Vascrim related with a little mini adventure with it. Um, Probably, I think that's April that's going to launch. That's cool. So somehow I met... uh... If Matt was here, he would tell you that I have an addiction to Kickstarter. Somehow I missed yours. Um, it was on Game Found. It was on Game Found, and that's why you missed oh, it. Oh, okay. That's we were that's the first why. RPG to be on Game Found, and but this one you won't miss because it's on Kickstarter. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll have my eye out anyway. So, uh, what are you? Uh, what are you uh, funding in this Kickstarter? What's the uh, big push? So the big push are three expansion books. Um, each of them is forty-eight pages. Uh, one is uh, Space Cruisers, which is um, a ship how, how to uh, build a ship, basically like character generation. It's got uh, combat mechanics, uh, fueling mechanics. It's got three additional locations in there, like a kind of like gas and sip type places, and like a wrecker place, and like things okay. to just add flavor to your game and yeah. places to add, add other spots. Uh, one is uh, Space Raiders, which is essentially like our space pirates it's additional classes um factions determining which uh areas of this universe different factions control and then it has a hex crawl adventure uh in the back of it and then the third book is called blood altered the uh the mausoleum of they that i talked about earlier when i was talking about like the history of the the setting um it's a it's a series of adventures set on the planet that that's on uh, with a uh, some additional classes, some creatures, and uh, just a bunch of uh, like uh, two main adventures and two other interconnecting adventures with it. My particular interest is is something that that I find is is really hard to do well, and that's the the vehicle combat. Yes, and that's actually the the book I bought from Asolish is, is a vehicle combat book for for cyborg. But uh, yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your take on, on vehicle combat for, for Vascrim? So I wanted to keep it in the same vein of the game, right? Everything's very simple. It's it's not overly complex. There's lots of space sci-fi games out there that are that it's very, very it takes a long time. So this is the this there's you have new stats for your ships, which are kind which kind of mirror the stats that a character has. Okay. Um 
uh, the stats have a power core and certain abilities and capabilities that as you randomly roll it or as you generate it, it has a very similar flavor as to the characters like ships are going to be they're old they're nasty there's all sorts of weird things with them but they have each depending on the type ship class they have a certain number of mod slots which you can go and upgrade to or whatever it has with it and so one person pilots the ship and then depending on what your ship has the other players can do the different capabilities of the ship um Depending on your speed, it's how many hexes you can move. Um, depending on your maneuver, how many you can turn, uh, like how, how many directions you can turn. And if you don't have a high enough maneuver, you can spend a speed point instead to turn. So that and so it's it's very simple. It's fast, um, and it's supposed to just be add add to the flavor of it as well. Yeah, and that that's those are the the two things that I find are the most trouble is is basically giving enough uh, activities for everyone in, in at the table to have something to do and feel like they're having an effect on the, on the um, scenario. Right. And, and then adding in, you know, the turns are, are there like facing for weapons too, or is it all 360? Uh, so there, so there's, 180 rail guns, there's 360 rail guns, there's lasers. So they all have slightly different things. Okay. But so far, I mean, all the Vascrim rules are pretty loose. So it's really kind of up to the GM and the players to decide, like, well, yeah. you know, the, the, this this gun's here on the ship. So it should be able to shoot here. It's try, try and leave it interpretive. It's, yeah, it's definitely a. Uh... You could you could go too far down the rabbit hole of making it very very tactical, and right. that's kind of where where sometimes uh, vehicle combat can get uh, uh, bogged down a bit. As if you if it goes, I mean, some people really enjoy that, but that's really right. to me that's like a different game. Like you, you, right. okay, we're going to stop role playing now, and now we're <laughs> going to do this other game. <laughs> exactly. So I, I like uh, games where where you're you still feel, feel like you're your character uh, in the. Um, so if if there's any time for adding things, uh, uh, definitely make a, a a boarding process uh, for mm-hmm. for like because uh, I think that's you know you you, you yes, should that can be an you, action like if you're if you're up against a ship yeah, uh, yeah that's okay. one possible action and there's there's multiple actions that aren't just things that are ship specific but that are are part of the combat thing yeah I agree. Because some people, especially people like my wife, just want to hit things with an axe. So they yep. just they want to get off the ship and, <laughs> and go murder. So totally. So that that's the selling point there. Thank you. Oh, and if you know, once it comes out, we have a very similar third party license to Morkborg. So if anybody wants to make super complex rules, they can add on top of what we've gotten and do what they want with it. You know. Okay. Oh, beautiful. Okay. So when is the uh, Kickstarter going live? Is that do you have a, a date set for that? Yes. Uh, the Kickstarter goes live on January 24th. Uh, so we are coming up. Well, I don't know when this layer, but Janu- January 24th. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, the If you back it in the first 48 hours, you get, I forgot to mention, there's also a mission patch program. And if you back it in the first 48 hours, you get a an exclusive uh, Kickstarter Vastrim patch, which I can't see it now down in my thing. But we have a massive patch program with things like this big header patch, and then <laughs> there will be hexagonal patches that can be sewn into it, oh, okay. and different ones to match the, the the books. We have we'll have a big 
Legionnaire 2023 patch, like so that you were you were in it for this year. And we had a couple of patches before this, like one for a convention exclusive patch for 2022 and one for my Patreon like program, the Explorers Legion. So like Mm. if you remember that, you get the year one patch for that. So trying to build out this cool kind of punk rock patch plan. You know, I'm I'm gonna have to go out and buy a jean jacket. Um, yes, <laughs> black, of course, but of course. So I, I noticed that you, you do have kind of a on the um, infinite black page. There's a subscribe feature. What 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 do you get for subscribing to Vastgram? So every month I create new content outside of the normal stuff. So uh, I have different tiers, and some you get like up to four or more NPCs, monsters, or character classes, that sort of thing. Then the next one, it also has a location. And then the next one also has like all the VTT elements, maps, tokens. And then the tier after that, I run a game every uh, two months where I reach out to the people in that tier to say, hey, are you available this day, this time? And we'll get online and uh, do some play testing and run some games. That's pretty cool. Huh. And, and uh, so you're doing uh, for when you're releasing these, these maps or thing, you're you're doing all the art for those, or do you have a yep. uh, partners yep. doing so that? So uh, all all the all the stuff for the Explorers Legion is stuff I do. Like I get up at five thirty in the morning and I do that stuff on the side. That's like for me for fun. Some of it may get published someday. It's like the stuff for December was all based off of uh, the Krampus movie. Then it was so, so that's never going to get published, but it was fun. It's something like a movie that me and my family watch every holiday season. So it was fun to kind of tie that into weird space fantasy stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm trying to picture what the Krampus's uh, ship looks like. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never see his ship, but he has a magical, he has a tribute that when he gets there, it encases the player's ship in a giant sphere. Um, much like a snow globe that's kind of uh, paying homage to a part in the movie. So, yeah, okay, it, it's it's definitely fun to borrow from your your favorite uh, uh, media. Yes, uh, I borrow heavily from from Star Wars uh, all mm-hmm. the time. So, <laughs> what I think I um, glossed over a little bit in the um, the details of the of the game. So we talked about how it's is is got some similarity similarities and is compatible with, with Mork Borg. But you know, what are some of the uh, uh, analogs uh, that you know someone coming that from Mork Borg? You know what's the version of magic in in Vast Grim? Is it, sure. Uh, yeah, if you can go into that. That'd um, be great. So instead of the scrolls, we have tributes, which are. Mm. Uh, described as like little like USB drives or small uh, pieces of of, uh, of technology that like when you open them up they do some weird like holographic projection and each one has does different things. We have hacked and encrypted tributes. We have something very similar to how you have to you have to spend a neuromancy point to to use it. Then you roll a a presence test with a dr12 and if you succeed it works. If you don't. Like, especially if you do roll poorly, really bad stuff happens and cataclysmic condemnations <laughs> occur, um, which is always fun to roll on that table. Some also different things that we have is uh, when I talked about the worms and the infestation, um, yeah. a lot of times any uh, organic 
creature character that you might run into, there's all, there's often a chance that they are infected. It may not have taken over yet, but like mm-hmm. some monsters, it's a one and two on a D six that they're infected or a, you know, different, different range. So if you're in close combat with them, like certain things like a, a, a laser sword may do more damage, but you're also more prone to being up close and personal with something where you might become infected. And okay. once you've become infected by a grim or by a worm, um, you have to roll a toughness test. And if you fail, then you experience, you roll that every day. And if you fail, you experience a parasitic pain and there's different tables for each of the six different worms. Uh, eventually one, one of the pains will kill you or make you one of the grim, or if you, succeed you might get a parasitic pleasure where the worm is actually you know it's happy to be in your body that day and it's working with you um and it may leave your body and you may like survive having this this worm inside you and it went on about its business that's pretty neat um and and what kinds of uh what kinds of characters uh what are some what's your favorite character uh type my favorite character type is probably the emo bot um, mm-hmm. because they're, because they can't get infected by worms because they're made of metal. Um, so they're just, they, they really like humanity. They really feel feelings, even though they're, even though they're, they're robots. Um, okay. so they're, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're fun. They can, they can have lots of different, I like playing weird robot personality quirks, um, but we have eight classes in the core book. Two of them are a little on the even darker side. Like we have the devout who are people that want they and the worms to take over mm. and want the end of the universe to come. And then there's the harvesters who uh, they go out on the battlefields and they find the worms that are still inside of people that were just killed. And they, they harvest them and try and sell them on like the black market. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So those yeah, are fun to play, awful, especially yeah. for the people that are like, we want all worms destroyed. And you got somebody like, well, I got this kind of pet worm here. <laughs> right. Uh, so, so that's the, uh, uh, that's the corporate guy in the, in the alien game. Uh, <laughs> <wants> to, <laughs> yep. Bring it back to his corporate masters. Um, are the factions just in the, in the, the new upcoming uh, product yes. or do you have, mm-hmm. Okay. Those are just different factions of space raiders. So like different areas of the universe are now kind of like controlled by different pirate groups, essentially. And okay. there's like a there's like a grid uh, hex grid chart laid over the, the map of the universe and the GM can roll that to see who controls what. So like it may be different at your table versus my table as to which factions okay. are where. And, you know, they could change up over time as well. Yeah, random tables are great. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I've learned a lot today. Uh, I, I wish I, I had a, uh, one of my buddies here with me to, to chat with you also. I'm sure they would have uh, come up with some really, you know, questions that would just blow your mind, uh, but but they, they didn't show up. So uh, it's our loss. It's our, our listeners have lost because they didn't show up. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can do this again sometime in the future when, when I've got all sorts of new things and somebody yeah. else will join us. And yeah. Uh, I'd, yeah. I'd love to have you back. I definitely understand where you're coming from and uh, I, I love the graphics uh, that I've seen so far and the sculptures you. you did are, 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 are pretty awesome. So I can, I can definitely feel the, the creativity. Uh, and I'm probably, you know, probably going to back this. And I'm, I'm assuming the Kickstarter you'll have uh, in their fulfillment for the original stuff too, right? As a part of the yeah. Kickstarter? Yeah, so okay. 
we have a, a pledge that includes the GM screen and the core rulebook, and then we also have those as add-ons as well. The only thing that we don't have are the dice that were part of the original campaign. Right. I wanted to try and, but anybody that wants Vascrum dice can grab those on the Infinite Black website. Yeah, they're on so. your website, and, and I'll, yeah. I'll include all those in the, in the show notes. Um, but Brian, are there any closing thoughts you'd like to leave uh, our uh, wonderful and amazing listeners? If you know, since we talked about like different licenses, if if you want to create something, start doing it. The only thing that's that that keeps you from making something a reality is 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 your time. Just carve out a little extra time in the morning and start working on something, and and put it out there because people want to play games. I am not getting up at five thirty in the morning. There's nothing on this planet that will do that. But <laughs> I, I, kudos to you for for doing that to to live your dream. That's that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> uh, Daddy loves to sleep. But anyway, <laughs> so Brian, thank you so much for 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 thank you Nathan coming on, and I uh, hope to see you again. And uh, uh, hit me up uh, when the the Kickstarter goes live. Make sure I I want to get that those patches so i i look pretty cool in my my new jean jacket i have to go out and buy awesome i can't wait to see it <laughs> all right thanks uh, and have a have a good day everybody and i hope you enjoyed the show and if you if you haven't already please subscribe to our youtube channel and to the podcast um leave some comments uh review us uh one star reviews are fine just as long as you're being honest i don't really care <laughs> but uh, it helps other people find us so i appreciate that um and uh, thank you brian and uh, i'll talk thank to you, you again soon